pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. When we hear the word yoga, many of us imagine twisting our bodies into the shape of a human pretzel. But yoga is a 4,000-year-old mind-body Indian practice that promotes health and well-being. In fact, yoga is one of the top 10 most popular complementary and alternative medicine therapies for health. Its popularity has exploded. For example, 20 million Americans were practicing yoga in 2011 compared to 4 million in 2001. And consumers rate yoga, along with massage and Pilates, equivalent to prescription medications for easing low back pain. And speaking of pain, there have been studies showing that yoga reduces symptoms and disability in rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis, can be effective in those with chronic low back pain, and even help teenagers with irritable bowel syndrome. Our guest today will share new insights into the beneficial effects of yoga. First, Dima Shlapakovsky, a vice president in the investment banking industry, tells us how yoga has been so helpful in providing relief of his chronic low back pain following injury and spine surgery. Then, Christine Chen, yoga teacher, wellness consultant, and author of the book, Happy Go Yoga, joins us. She outlines how we can feel better, more alive, and more able to withstand the stresses of daily life. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, My Life Patient Program, and DC2 Healthcare, and The Pain Community. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Dima Shlapakovsky is a vice president in the investment banking industry. He suffered from spinal pain for several years, but yoga has eased the discomfort and helped him to reduce the harmful effects of stress on his life. Dima, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you. Thank you for having me. On our last show, you talked about how a motorcycle accident shattered your tailbone and left you with quite a bit of low back tightness, that you had papaya extract injected into your L5 herniated disc, which helped for about 15 years, and then that you ultimately had a discectomy at lumbar level 5, L5 that is, about three years ago. As an investment banking specialist, you have to sit somewhere between 12 to 15 hours per day as well. The good news is that yoga provides about 50% relief of your low back pain. Talk to us now about how much exercise you actually get from yoga compared to working out at the gym, for instance. Personally, I actually think I get better workouts. The the vinyasa class that I used to go to, you end up actually doing a lot of push-ups, essentially, in some Hmm. respects. Some of of the movements are very push-up-like. Okay. Uh, You're going to 
use your abs quite a bit. You're going to use your legs quite a bit. Mm -hmm. You're going to use your arms. So pretty much all the muscles. And it's going to be not necessarily a strength muscle building workout. It's going to be more of a toning endurance building workout. Okay. But it's going to help you build some muscle too. In the same way that swimming is not going to make you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> it will definitely help you build muscle and stay toned. Uh huh. Well, no, that sounds great. I mean, so it's not as much muscle building as it is just toning. Dima, can you tell us how the deep stretching along with relaxation and the rhythmic breathing makes you feel better? Yeah, the deep stretches, when you really feel your muscles start to let go and you go deeper, you'll typically feel better about it. And the breathing is an important part of doing yoga correctly, first of all, and then and just relaxing, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dima, are there certain poses that have been more effective for your spinal pain? I do find the forward bends especially effective because I can feel right away all the right muscles uh-huh. are pulling. Right. My lower back, my, uh, my buttocks, all of those muscles are beginning to, to relax and let go a little bit, mm-hmm. and the tightness starts to go away. Stretching the hamstrings always helps as well. Mm-hmm. And Dima, what are the yoga studios like? I mean, are there differences? Each studio has its own feel. Some are a little bit more commercial, and you know they might have nicer facilities, but it's more of a gym type of environment. Mm-hmm. Others can have much more of a social component where it feels like people really get to know each other. Uh, there are different events outside of just regular classes. Some studios will organize yoga in a park. So I I think if you're working uh, for that social connection, there is an opportunity. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Stress pervades a lot of our lives today. And it seems like yoga offers a nice way to minimize stress, especially in the workplace. How has it done that for you? On intense, high-stress jobs, it's very important to do some sort of distressing and physical exercise in general mm-hmm. that, that will help you forget about work and uh, just focus on yourself and what you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, frankly, actually, your job performance starts to drop off if you don't do that. I agree. Yoga, I also believe, is pretty multifaceted because it offers the psychophysiological benefits from the focused breathing, uh, the stress management that we talked about earlier, a social connection, and a strong meditative force with certain types of yoga along with that physical activity. Some of the scientific literature uh, suggests that yoga can be a supportive treatment for pain rather than a first-line therapy. That is something that we turn to first in a treatment plan. What are your impressions? Well, I think if you're at a point in your life where you're getting injections and you're taking all prescription meds Mm -hmm. to control pain, um, yoga might not be the best thing for you. Okay. But if you're at a point where you have recovered from that acute stress, I think you're in a much better position to do yoga. Mm -hmm. I agree. Dima, yoga requires motivation. I mean, much like other exercise programs. How would you encourage other people not to give up? You have to have a long-term view. You have to realize it's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And you have to have realistic goals. If you go in thinking you're going to be incredibly flexible, you know, in a couple of months, or all of your pain is going to be gone, Uh, and you're going to be like a new person, you're going to be disappointed and you're not going to want to do it. I think you need to do your research and have realistic expectations about what your body is capable of. Mm -hmm. 
once you build it into your routine and you start seeing the results, you will want to do it to get more results. I think that's good advice. Now, at the same time, when would you say, it's time to stop? This really isn't for me. If you've been doing it for a couple of months and you've been consistent and you would say you're actually in pain, it causes you pain, Mm -hmm. it's not making it better, I would would stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. And who would you recommend yoga to? I would recommend it to anyone. And I have recommended it, for instance, you know, talking with people at work. Um, There's some stigma, especially for men, associated with yoga, Mm -hmm. but I think once a lot of guys go for the right reasons, uh, I think they like it. Yeah, I agree. Now, let me ask you about personal computer usage and posture. There was a study on personal computer usage and muscle soreness, which showed beneficial, quite strong beneficial effects of yoga. And I'm wondering whether, you know, given that so many use personal computers and iPhones today in all different body positions, do you feel that yoga would help realign our posture? I definitely try to slouch less, Mm -hmm. and I catch myself slouching. Okay. Um, And I know that's bad for my back. And uh, I pay much more attention. If I sit, let's say, on the edge of a chair instead of slouching, I'll straighten my back now, and I'll make a conscious effort to do that. Uh, And that helps. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Edima, has yoga changed your life? I don't think I'm a different person. I think I'm um, a healthier person that's in a, in a better position to actually enjoy life. Uh-huh. I wouldn't call it transformative, but it's incremental. Well, I mean, that's where a lot of us would like to be, though. And before we close, what should we keep in mind about yoga and pain? I think yoga is not a cure-all. It's one of the tools that you should seriously consider People should give it a serious look, but they should also temper their expectations going in Mm -hmm. that it's not going to solve everything. And it's not to say that other forms of exercise couldn't create that incremental improvement, but I think yoga is one of the healthier and uh, probably more fun and interesting ways to get there. And uh, if you really stick with it, um, there is also... The, the mental component that a lot of other forms of exercise simply don't offer, which I think is fascinating down the road, and that's something that I have yet to explore myself, but uh, maybe in the future I will. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm glad that it's made a difference in your life, and I hope it makes a difference in the lives of our listeners. Dima, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Stay tuned for Christine Chen, yoga teacher and wellness consultant. She's back on Aches and Gains. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, a global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Visit TameThePain.com to learn about treatment options for chronic pain. Teva, a leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Health is a leading health solutions company that delivers accurate, timely, clinical, actionable information to inform the right treatment decisions for each patient at the right time. Millennium offers a comprehensive suite of services to better tailor patient care. More information is available at www.millenniumhealth.com. My Life Patient Program and DC2 Healthcare. Connecting patients to top physicians in the United States, reaching the highest standard of patient care through research patient programs and gains in overall health. For more information, please visit mylifepatientproject.com 
and dc2healthcare.com. Christine Chen is a yoga teacher, wellness consultant, and author of the book Happy Go Yoga. Christine, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you so much, Dr. Krista. Thank you for writing this forward. It was phenomenal, and everybody loves it. So thank you so much. You're welcome. I was happy to do it. On our last show, we talked about the smart, fun, and easy collection of poses that you describe in Happy Go Yoga, uh, the differences between several styles of yoga, and the opportunity for pain relief that yoga offers patients as a form of exercise and moving meditation. Now, take us into an actual yoga class for those of us who've never been in one. Okay, sure. In a class, I'll generally start by saying, Don't worry about if you can do anything. Don't worry that you have to do everything. It's a mindful step to take to step into a yoga class. Right. And then I explain how to sit. So I set them up on either blocks or blankets in a way that sets up their pelvis to let their spine be fluid from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And then I have them start to breathe, close their eyes and breathe, so we reduce external stimulus. If we can move the breath down into the belly, inhaling and expanding the belly like it's a balloon in the middle of your body, expanding in all directions, uh-huh. that's the kind of breath that allows our body systems to recognize rest and restore. We'll chant Om, and then we might start to come onto our hands and knees, and then how your spine reacts to coming out of the seat. So just moving from one position to another, you sense What changes when I change my position and how does the foundation that I just set up stay with me? So this changing of the poses becomes a representation or a metaphor for how do you manage change in your life. So as we start to move the spine, people's shoulders react and then their breathing starts to shift. So then we start to add on layers to the practice to understand like if you can breathe, how can you carry that? calm breath through different changes in the poses and therefore take it off the mat into your life. Well, now that's a wonderful, uh, very comprehensive description. And I want to add something further. My understanding is that yoga incorporates slow movement sequences that can increase blood flow and warm the muscles and that the poses incorporate, gosh, flexion, extension, rotation, for example, and that when we hold the poses, that the holding of the pose itself can be strength building. Yeah, certain poses can be strength building, certain ones can be detoxifying, Mm -hmm. certain poses can be opening. So it really depends on the type of pose that you choose, what the benefit will be. Mm -hmm. Good to know. I also like the fact that yoga allows us to move our joints through their full range of motion to increase flexibility, and that those standing poses can improve balance by strengthening and stabilizing muscles, as well as enhancing our proprioception, which is our uh, ability to sense where our limbs are in the environment or in space, and this allows us to limit falls. Uh, Christine, I think it would surprise many that yoga is a quite a good form of exercise. It is so much, but if the only way that you come to yoga at the very beginning is to think about how to move my body mm-hmm. and how to feel better, that's really just the beginning. You can go to a class that is more relaxing, stretching, relieving, restoration. You can go to a different class where you are sweating in places you never thought you would sweat. <laughs> I have people come to my class that is on the more intermediate and advanced side, and they kind of can't believe how much they're mopping off their brow <laughs> uh-huh. because they didn't really expect that. And I don't really recommend those kinds of classes 
for people who are just starting yoga because it's really important before you go into those strenuous classes that make you sweat your butt off yeah. that you know how to place your body first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Christine, how long are the classes and what do they typically cost? Your minimum session, I would say, would be 60 minutes. And then they can move on to 75 minutes, 90 minutes, 95 minutes, or 105 minutes. Sometimes in a corporate setting, uh, I've started to see yoga classes at 45 minutes. And the cost? I think it depends on the region of the country. I live in New York, so everything is more expensive (laughs) here. Uh But there's anything from free community classes that are taught by new teachers. Mm -hmm. The studios who train new teachers, they'll set them up for donation-based and or free classes. You won't get a seasoned teacher in most of these community classes. So those can be free. Then it moves on to maybe anywhere from 15 to $20 to 23 or $5 as an average for a drop-in one-time class. Okay. And then there's obviously packages that every business offers where you can pay a little bit less per class depending on the volume. Okay. Now, Christine, how frequently would you recommend that we go to yoga class? If the only thing that you do is breathe more deeply all day long, Mm -hmm. you are doing yoga. That, I would say, every day. But if you're just starting out to practice yoga, start by once or twice a week and put it in your calendar because you know how busy life is. And you'll say the first thing that can go sometimes for people is the thing that they're just starting because they're taking care of the things that they know they need to do. But I look at yoga as a doctor's appointment. Ever since I started healing myself, I have started scheduling it as a mode of healing because it has been a mode of healing for me. Mm -hmm. Good idea. How do you find a good yoga teacher? We'll find out after the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. We're here with Christine Chen, yoga teacher, wellness consultant, and author of the book, Happy Go Yoga. Christine, how do students choose a good teacher? What, I mean, what should they look for? You know, the teachers that I had at the very beginning, fantastic for where I was on my journey then, mm-hmm. and I still respect them greatly. I'm in a different place with my yoga practice right now, and the same thing will happen to you, and you'll find different teachers that speak to different parts of your practice and Mm -hmm. different times in your life. Mm -hmm. And Christine, is there a certification process for for teachers or for different yoga styles? Yes. There's a lot of certification programs out there now, more than ever before. The most minimum level of teacher certification that you should look for is a 200-hour teacher certification. Okay, that's useful to know. Some of the data on yoga uh, support things like an increase in flexibility, coordination, and strength, as well as an ability to calm and focus the mind in an effort to reduce anxiety, uh, diminish stress, and elevate mood. Christine, what do you see as someone who's an experienced yoga teacher and someone who's practiced yoga herself for many years, the most beneficial effects of yoga? I think all of those things are very important, and all of them are true. I personally think the most important benefit of yoga is that you learn what you can do for yourself. Uh Like You become very, very aware of how you're moving your body, 
where your mind is going, how you're breathing. And in all of that, you come to a place where you start to understand what am I doing rather than just going through the motions of life and in doing so, making better choices. And when all of those things come together, as the more you practice, you feel better, you have more focus in your mind, you have a little bit more stress relief, so you have the space to think. Yes, I understand. I think yoga helps you become more self-directed and proactive. And speaking of uh, self-awareness, I've had patients in pain tell me that they've become more physically active despite their pain. Uh, And this, in turn, has given them more self-confidence and more self-awareness. So overall, yoga has provided a better quality of life for them. Absolutely. As you know, when you're in pain, one of the worst things that you can do is shy away from trying to get better, which often involves a little bit of movement. Mm -hmm. Being completely immobile sometimes leads to more problems, right? And you know that better as a doctor of pain management than I ever could. I mean, you're just, that's your expertise. So you agree there, right? Mm -hmm. So I think yoga helps you also make a decision about what is good for you. Rather than just move and say, oh, ow, that hurt, you start to understand, how am I moving myself in this exercise as I start to move out of pain and into more movement? Let me think about that for a second. How will I place my leg so that I can build strength rather than just like fall into it and react into the movement in a way that might not be as supportive? Mm -hmm. So I think the more you feel better, the more you feel confident that you can try a few things because you're also more confident that you know what to do for you. Sure. Now, is there an optimal duration of practicing yoga to get the best result? I mean, what's the average length of time needed for people to notice a difference in their lives? Right away, you can see a change in their faces and in their shoulders and their posture. Even in their hands, I had them raise their hands in the air in a particular pose. And I said, look up at your upper hand. Is it stressed? Or is it happy? And right away, they could tell the difference, but they have to learn how to pay attention. And that's one of the benefits of yoga, big time. Yeah, I mean, awareness is a big benefit. Which painful conditions, Christine, have you found yoga benefit the most? I mean, you know, headache, low back pain, uh, musculoskeletal pain. In fact, there was a study uh, on neck pain that demonstrated that Iyengar yoga was effective for both neck and back pain in the short term. Probably the top reason I see people come to yoga is stress. The second reason I see come to yoga is back pain. Mm -hmm. Lower back pain specifically because people sit all day. And if you're not learning how to sit to support your spine your neck and your shoulder muscles start to get overused. And that's why everyone goes and gets massages and has back pain in their neck and their lower back. Well, I mean, it's a sedentary society, so I can definitely see that. Have you had women use yoga during labor? If they've taken yoga and they believe in yoga and they show up to try and learn those techniques, absolutely, I've heard from all of them that yoga helps them because it helps them calm down when something monumental is happening in their lives. It mm-hmm. also helps them calm their partner if they're in the room as well. Yeah. At the same time, there's also certain types of techniques. If the baby's late, we'll do certain types of poses to move the energy downward and out. Oh, okay. With so many people using personal computers now in all different body positions, do you feel that yoga would help uh, realign our posture? Well, I actually have a client who used to sit at her desk a certain way. Mm-hmm. Her shoulders were slumped. Her lower back was curved. We started first by helping her align her spine in seat and align her spine in every pose that we were working on. She has a completely different setup at work now because she now knows how to sit. Wow. And her shoulders are more open. And this is 
just from practicing and really paying attention to the lessons that you learn through yoga and then applying them into her real life. Fantastic. And finally, what should we remember about yoga and its potential for having a positive effect on pain? It can be a thing you go to to calm down. It can be a thing you go to to relieve your back from sitting for so long. It can be something that just makes you happy because you can move. Absolutely, and I'm glad to know that it's so versatile. Christine, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.